The Boston Red Sox need to throw whatever money it takes at Yashinobu Yamamoto. Tune into today's episode of Locked On Red Sox, where I rank my free agent choices for the Boston Red Sox this offseason. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast. And I am here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. I am part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I got your back Monday through Friday with all the Red Sox news. I am waiting for this team to make some sort of free agent move. The Red Sox have already traded away Louis Urias, and it made sense for them because there really wasn't a spot on the team for him moving forward when looking at the Red Sox future and what they're trying to accomplish in 2024 and beyond. So it made sense to move on from him. But the question now becomes, what do the Red Sox do during this free agency period? Who should they acquire? What makes sense for them to do to make this team a contending team and elevate them to the level they want to be at in 2024. Now, we know that the priority for the Red Sox is pitching. They've been making it pretty clear that that's what the priority is. Where the Boston Red Sox stand right now, they have no choice but to prioritize pitching this offseason. And on today's show, I'm going to be talking about my top three choices for the Boston Red Sox to acquire during the free agency period this offseason and ranking them in order of priority of who I want them to get and why they should get it. My number one choice for the Boston Red Sox to acquire is somebody who's pretty obvious. He is probably going to be in ridiculously high demand this offseason because there's a lot of potential that teams see in him. The money he's going to get thrown at him could be insurmountable. Yashinobu Yamamoto. He's posted to MLB free agency. Major league clubs have been notified So the window is beginning. This is the day where teams can start to have a bidding war for him. He's a right-handed pitcher. Some people are expecting this to absolutely go off in terms of his market and the types of teams that could be throwing money at him. The Boston Red Sox need to be one of those teams. They cannot be afraid to throw money at him because he is worth it and he has the talent to be able to succeed at the major league level. The reason I want him in Boston is really just how incredible his numbers actually are. In Japan, he 
has a career record of 70 and 29 overall with a 182 ERA over 172 games. He throws his four seam fastball roughly 45% of the time at about MLB average velocity. So like somewhere between 93 and 95 miles an hour. It's not really a good enough pitch for him to throw at the major league level. But the good news for him is that he'll be able to thrive because he's absolutely mastered the art of mixing in his secondary pitches. Like he has a splitter, a curveball, and a slider to also complement his fastball. A lot of pitchers have their primary pitch and then maybe two other pitches that could go with that to help them succeed. Whereas he has three other solid pitchers that are considered his secondary pitches and those go along with that fastball. So although his fastball right now isn't necessarily good enough to throw as consistently, you can take peace in the fact that he does have a few other pitches in hand that he can utilize on a given basis to trick opposing hitters and keep them on their toes. A pitcher that I could compare him to that is currently in Major League Baseball is Nathan Avaldi, because Avaldi only throws about 37% four-seam fastballs at an average velocity of about 95 miles an hour, and he can't use it as much because Avaldi's been around long enough to know that hitters will hit that, so it's not really one of the pitches that he's considering as a pitch to use as heavily. Comparing Yamamoto to Evaldi is pretty much a compliment because Evaldi's been able to be pretty successful in Major League Baseball. And even though he doesn't throw his four-seamer that much, he's still been able to find a way to be successful utilizing his other pitches. So if you're trying to correlate what it could look like for Yamamoto, he's a good pitch in comparison. The question is going to be, is Yamamoto going to be able to come in and recognize that he has to throw those other pitches as much? And he's been able to adjust to that a little bit in the Japanese league. Obviously, throwing that four-seamer about 45% of the time, he's going to have to lower that percentage a little bit in the majors. So if he does come to Boston, hopefully Andrew Bailey can work with him on being able to adjust and decide when he should and shouldn't use that pitch because that's a hump that he could struggle to get over at the beginning. But if he can figure out that perfect balance of when to use what pitch, he is going to be successful because – A lot of pitches that he throws are not easy at all to hit. And if hitters are kept on their toes constantly because he has about four pitches that he masters, it's going to be very difficult. He has a lot left in the tank. He's still young. He's 25 years old. So that's promising too, because a lot of times it can be risky if you're buying high on a pitcher who is on the higher end age-wise because you don't really know how much they have left in the tank and what they can really do to succeed in Major League Baseball. But for him, he's still young, so as long as he can stay healthy, he should still have enough in the tank to the point where he can contribute for a lot of seasons. So if the Red Sox were to spend high on him 
and offer him a contract, there's no part of me at all that would say it's an overbuy. This is something that the Red Sox need to aggressively pursue because if he comes to Boston, he will absolutely be at the top of that starting rotation. Coming up, I'm going to be discussing the second player that I would like the Red Sox to prioritize this free agent season and why he can make a difference in a Boston Red Sox uniform. Isn't sports betting a lot of fun? I know for me, I was hesitant to start it at first and really get into it because I thought I was going to lose a lot of money. But then FanDuel had me covered and came to the rescue. And ever since then, I've really enjoyed it and haven't looked back. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, players props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. FanDuel's a lot of fun, and it gives you a lot of opportunities to win money. And anybody who wants to get into sports betting is going to go into it with that mentality of what can I do to win as much money as possible. So if you're at all like that, then FanDuel will have you covered with the tips and tricks on how to win as much money as you can. So download the FanDuel app today and just utilize that locked on code as well when you do it. You should also utilize the SiriusXM app because you can get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your feed so you don't have to worry about missing a pitch. Because if I'm going somewhere and I can't watch the game live and I know that I can't, having that extra resource of knowing I can listen to the game is always very helpful for me and it can be helpful for you too. So if you download the app today, you won't have to worry about missing a pitch because it'll all be accessible for you. So I highly recommend that you do that as well. The Boston Red Sox are very much in a position right now where they have to acquire pitching this offseason. And Yamamoto should be the guy they go after with his wide selection of pitches and having literally five pitches that he can pull to throw that's going to keep opposing hitters on their toes. And you want that type of pitcher on your team. It's going to be very hard for people to figure him out on the mound. And that would be an absolute prized possession for Boston. But who could be that number two guy behind Yamamoto if they sign him? It's not Brian Bayo quite yet. He's more of a number three right now. So that number two could be a few different pitchers, but there's one that stands out to me. Originally, I liked Aaron Nola. I thought he could have been a good fit in Boston, but he ended up re-signing with the Phillies on a massive contract there, which isn't too surprising. He seemed comfortable there, and that's what he's used to. So I didn't really have overly high hopes for him. But somebody I really think could fit in and I want the Red Sox to try to go after is Jordan Montgomery. He's had a pretty successful career overall. And this past season with the Rangers, he was an absolutely 
pertinent part of that World Series run that they had. They don't win that World Series without him. He was pretty much lights out in his starts in the postseason. Overall, he had a good season, finished with a 320 ERA over 32 games pitched um, and a record of 10 and 11. I don't like using the win-loss record to judge a pitcher. It's just an extra thing that goes in there. He had 166 total strikeouts over that time. He was pretty consistent all season long. And the Red Sox need a pitcher who's going to be consistent because there were too many times that we saw in this Red Sox pitching staff in 2023 some inconsistency from their starting pitchers. And if we can get a pitcher in there who can not fluctuate too much and really bounce around from having a bad start to having a decent start to having a good start and is relatively staying in that realm of having good starts pretty much the majority of the season. That's really what they need out of their front end starters. One thing I really like about Jordan Montgomery as well is his ability to have mastered his fastball. He uses it 53.3% of the time. That's how much he used it in 2023. But it worked out really well for him because if he challenged a hitter and really fired his best fastball, they were not hitting that thing. Um, He has a couple other pitches too, a curveball. He threw about 22.2% of the time and a changeup about 22.9% of the time. I'd like to see him increase those numbers a little bit if he were to come to Boston, but he's a veteran. I feel like he'd be able to adapt based on the position he's in and what the Red Sox would want him to work on. He's the type of pitcher who, once he gets acclimated, could really be locked in. And we've seen him in New York, and we've seen him with the Rangers. And when he was with the Yankees, he was good. He wasn't Rangers Montgomery, but he was a good pitcher who I always said, hey, maybe he could be a good fit in Boston. And when you think about what he did during that Rangers postseason run, there's no part of me that would look at that and say it wouldn't make the Red Sox pitching staff better. His value definitely has gone up after that postseason, if he didn't have as good of a postseason as he did, the Red Sox could probably get him on a little bit lesser of a deal. But because he really showed that he can dominate in this league in those postseason starts that he had, he's going to want a lot of money and rightfully so, right? Because he's going to say, hey, you want my services when I just won a World Series with this team? I mean... Obviously, I'm going to take advantage of that and try to get as much money as I can. I think a lot of teams will be interested in acquiring him because of his postseason run, but I've been on the Montgomery train pretty well before that, thinking that he could be somebody who can help enhance the Red Sox rotation. Having a veteran in there who just won a World Series and has that experience of knowing what it's like to pitch under pressure is something that could absolutely not hurt the Red Sox at all. The more veteran presence they can fill in that locker room, the better, especially with the Justin Turner situation and the unknowns of whether he's going to end up being back here or not. The Red Sox will, if he doesn't come back, lose the team leader 
and they need to have somebody who can step up and be in that role. And whether that's a rotation guy, a bullpen guy, or a position player, there needs to be somebody who's that go-to guy. And although Montgomery may not be thought of as the type of player who could be that guy, like the standout guy for the team who can be that leader, he could help contribute in a leadership type of role because this Red Sox team right now is filled with some young talent. And that's a good thing. It's a good problem to have. There are some guys who are young and still really trying to learn, especially for players like Cutter Crawford and Brian Bayo, who, yes, have gotten their feet wet at the major league level, pitching in the rotation. They still haven't fully grasped their identity and figured out what works and doesn't work for them to be able to succeed consistently. And I feel like Montgomery has a pretty good grasp on his identity as a pitcher and knowing what works for him and what doesn't. And I spoke to a Red Sox minor league pitcher, Chris Troy on the show, actually a couple weeks ago, if you missed that episode, definitely check it out on your favorite podcast platform. He talked about how For pitchers, they block out the outside noise and they block out what people are saying on Twitter about them and they focus on what has worked for them and what hasn't worked for them. Rinse and repeat, sticking to their routine and knowing this is what I do well. And if pitchers have a bad start, they're going to know that fans are going to be dishing it on them on social media. But Players like Jordan Montgomery are so used to that by now that when he has a bad start, he just brushes it off but continues with the same routine. And when you have young pitchers on your pitching staff, I feel like it's hard to move past that stage of not getting discouraged if people are talking about you in a negative manner on social media if you don't have a good outing. So Montgomery can help some of those younger pitchers work through that because he's been pitching for a while. He understands that concept of, hey, you're going to have bad outings some days. It just happens. It, It is what it is. And he can reassure some of these guys who haven't had as much experience up in the majors yet that, hey, Bounce back, don't worry about it, and keep doing you. So I'd like the Red Sox to pursue Jordan Montgomery. He'd be my other top choice pitching free agent for Boston to acquire. He wouldn't be an ace. I think he'd really be a number two. But a solid number two is better than what the Red Sox had in their pitching rotation last year, which was just a bunch of guys thrown together. So pursue Jordan Montgomery, see what he's looking for, and hopefully the Red Sox are able to acquire him because he could be a great addition. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about a position player that I think the Red Sox should try to go after, somebody who could be a good fit, and I think the Red Sox should prioritize because obviously pitching is the priority, but there are other areas of need as well, so I'm going to be going over that next. But don't forget to download the SiriusXM app on the App Store and search Red Sox because you can get the home broadcast of every game straight to your feed so you don't have to miss a single pitch. It's honestly a fantastic feature that I highly recommend to anybody who's looking to not have to miss any games because it's so easy. All you have to do is just search Red Sox in there and it'll generate the home broadcast for you so you can at least listen to the game even when you can't watch it live. So do that today. And while you're doing it, 
I have some very exciting news that Lockdown has actually launched the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube. This is very exciting for the network. Nobody else does this. It's basically just a YouTube channel that will give you sports coverage 24 seven, no matter what time zone you're in, what time it is for you. If you want your sports info, we have it. Locked on sports today is here for you 24 seven covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's totally worth it because you can be caught up on all the action without having to worry about missing anything. So if you are interested in all sports and you want to be caught up, check out that YouTube channel today. And also follow me on Twitter at GabbyHurlbut10. We can continue the conversation that way about the Boston Red Sox. Who are you top three desirable choices for the Red Sox to acquire in free agency? Let me know in the comments. Let me know on Twitter because I'm curious your thoughts on that. As we move into the deep parts of what will hopefully be a productive offseason for Boston, they do need to go out and acquire some pitching. That much is for sure. That is the priority. But what else do the Boston Red Sox need to do for the 2024 season to get them back on track with where they need to be? The infield situation is still something the Red Sox need to figure out. Trevor Story playing shortstop until Marcelo Meyer comes up is pretty much a solidified thing at this point for Boston. But who's going to play second base? Is it going to be Pablo Reyes, who's been in the system for a while? Is it going to be Emmanuel Valdez, who has been trying to work his way into the majors. The Red Sox acquired him in 2022 from the Houston Astros and got a little bit of time up in the majors in 2023, but didn't fully get to showcase his talent. Will it be him? Will it be Sadam Rafaela, who's been playing a mix of shortstop and outfield and might want a chance at second base? Is it going to be one of those guys, or is it going to be somebody completely on the outside? My preference is on the outside. I'd like them to prioritize a specific player who could be a good fit in Boston in Whit Merrifield. He basically had a mutual option on his contract with the Blue Jays. Both parties decided not to exercise that option. Because of that, he's back in free agency. He's a three-time All-Star and two-time hits leader. And he's also one of the game's better contact hitters in general. This is good for the Red Sox because they need contact hitters. When you have Rafael Devers as your main guy in the lineup, he's going to be a power hitter who's going to go and hit a lot of home runs for you. And that's totally fine because that's what Devers does best. You definitely need some of those power guys. You also need the contact guys. And Merrifield is a contact hitter that can hit to all parts of the ballpark. So because of that, he could hit very well at Fenway. In 2023, he had a 281 batting average with a 324 on base percentage and 396 slugging with 11 homers through 549 plate appearances. He's a good defender at second base also. And that's promising for the Red Sox because he has the ability to solve a lot of those problems the Red Sox had defensively in the infield in 2023. They made so many errors 
last season and it cost them a lot of games and it was really getting tiring over and over again, just seeing the defensive deficiencies that this team had during the 2023 season. So if they could bring in somebody who's a proven defender that has been solid in the second base position there, that would be the best bet for Boston because then you have the combination of Rafael Devers at third base who needs to improve his defense. Tristan Costas at first base whose defense has continued to get better just throughout the time he's progressed. So your corner infield is set. And then in the middle infield, you primarily have Story at shortstop and Merrifield at second base who both play defense well. Trevor Story may not have been able to hit in 2023, but he did help fix some of those defensive issues that the Boston Red Sox had. So by knowing that you have somebody at shortstop who can play defense well, if you add Merrifield to that, who can play defense well at second base and combine the two, that could be a good middle infield right there. And that alone takes away a lot of the defensive errors, presumably that the Boston Red Sox had in 2023. And at the plate, he's still a fine hitter. Like I said, I mean, he's not in his prime anymore by any means, but he did put up all-star caliber numbers during his career. I mean, three-time all-star and two-time hits leader, just to remind you really of how good he actually was. Um, So I wouldn't be expecting that type of season from him in 2024, nor would we really need that. You know, he could take off. I mean, look at Justin Turner, who had an absolute career season in Boston in 2023. He just felt so comfortable here and enjoyed playing here and guys looked up to him. So he was always giving it 100% all the time. So you never really know what's going to happen or how a player is going to look in your team's uniform. But even though Turner succeeded in the way that he did, Merrifield likely would not and wouldn't need to because the Red Sox do have a solid offense. They have a lot of talented hitters in that lineup. They really need the defense more so than anything. And if he's a contact hitter who can string together, you know, one or two hits a night and score a couple runs during those at-bats, that's making a small difference that's going to add up to making a big difference. So I like Merrifield from the standpoint of his veteran experience. He can help lead that locker room, similar to what I was talking about with Jordan Montgomery, because that makes a difference. A lot of times people don't think about the impact that a veteran player can have on a team, but it's such a positive one. And he's been through the hardships of playing in Major League Baseball, similar to Justin Turner did when he came to Boston. So he can provide some of that leadership that the team feels like they might be missing without Justin Turner. Plus his defense is solid, which is a huge priority for that middle infield right now. And he has a good bat and he knows how to hit for contact and make things happen and play that small ball, aiming for singles and doubles and not just aiming for the fences every at bat. He knows what types of pitches to swing at. And I think what he's been doing during the 2023 season and even before that would be enough to say that he would be a helpful addition to the Boston Red Sox. So he's high up on my list as a priority because of how much of an importance that middle infield is and just seeing how much they struggle, especially defensively 
2023, it would be very helpful to have somebody like him in that position. So I hope the Red Sox do pursue him heavily. I hope you also download the Sirius XM app and get the Red Sox home broadcast of every game so you don't have to miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball because what's the fun in having to stress and feel like you're missing out on something? Nobody likes that. So download the Sirius XM app today and also subscribe to Locked On Sports today on YouTube so you can experience the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel it's a very exciting time for lockdown me and the other lockdown hosts will all be here for you every day every time there's a big story that comes up you can head to lockdown sports today on youtube and see all of those stories come up so subscribe to that channel today as i like to always say keep the faith go red Sox, and i'll get you on the flip side